Ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to the Florida Keys weekly show and podcast. I want to thank you for listening in again. We have a huge, huge guest today. I say it every week. I'm going to say it again, but this time I'm a complete fan. Before we get started, I want to thank you listeners on WKWF on the radio world, AM 1600 and FM 103.3 on Saturday and Sunday mornings at 7 a.m. If you're an early riser and on 93.7 NRG at 5 a.m. on Sunday, even earlier. Now, if you don't wake up early, you're probably listening to us on www.keysweekly.com or the Florida Keys weekly podcast and show on Apple, Spotify, all the things the kids do. You're listening to it and thank you for listening. Now, Here's why you're going to be happy you're listening today. On the show today, you don't have to be a baseball fan to know this name. The one, the only, uh, in my personal, unbiased opinion, Hall of Famer, I'm just going to say it, Hall of Fame career, pitcher, the Tommy John. Mr. John, Tommy, I'm going to call you Mr. John unless you tell me different. Uh, I'm a huge fan. Thank you for doing this. Call me anything but asshole. <laughs> I love it. You're known as the bionic man. Before we get cranking here, I've got a lot of things to ask you about. Sure. Let's just remind people a little bit. You played 26 seasons. Right. Uh, people talk about Tom Brady right now in his career. Uh, let's talk about Tommy yeah, John. Yeah, <laughs> but his wife is worth millions, hundreds of millions. Well, I'm not going to get in trouble over here. I know, Cheryl, your wife is here with us today. She looks like she's worth something, too. So She's it, worth more than... Bunching. <laughs> you played 26 seasons, 1963 to 1989. That included the Indians, White Sox, Dodgers, Yankees, Angels, and A's. Four-time All-Star, 288 career wins, 3.34 ERA lifetime, over 2,000 Ks. The stats go on and on. This is a Hall of Fame career. We're going to talk about that. Uh, third most wins at the time I read this. I think it may be second now for a pitcher not in the Hall of Fame. Roger Clemens is on that list. He's in the news a lot today as well. We'll talk about that. Uh, in 1968, you had an ERA under 2, 1.98 for you non-baseball fans. That's freaking amazing in case you want to know. Now, who had the lowest in major leagues that year? Uh, I'm gonna, 1968. Was that Koufax? <laughs> I'm just guessing. David Tebow, do you know? You're in the house. Bob Gibson. Was it Bob Gibson? 1.12. Wow. What year did he throw a no-hitter? And the, I don't know. All right. So, But that was, I mean, I had 198. That's as lowest I've ever had. It's lower than and most And I was people. fifth in the American League. That's incredible. You know, we'll talk about because the game has changed. You threw so many, so many years. Um, you pitched in three World Series. I did. And, and it goes on and on. I, I'll first just start out. Well, let's ask you this. Why are you in Key West? Is this a place you come to a lot? And, and what, what you been up to? We have friends here. Yeah. Bill and Renee Francis. Just met them. I know who they are. And uh, a lot of fun. She's a flight attendant for United Airlines. So you guys that want to fly first class... Or if you don't want to fly first class, you can fly coach, and she'll treat you with first class dignity. I like it. I'm going to keep get that name and <laughs> sign me up. Now, give us a little quick tour. What have you been up to in Key West? Anything you've really enjoyed? Something you always we, do? Uh, Bill rented a uh, golf cart, and we went around the town in a golf cart. And you know, I this is what I've seen of Key West: it's bars, restaurants. And people having fun. Yeah, that sums it up. It is. I mean, you know, you go, what? It, it, what? This place, the banana boat or the parrot cage or whatever. And you got people in there jiving and laughing and drinking. And uh, it's a great place to be. 
Well, it's the green parrot, but I like the parrot cage. I'm going to start calling it that as well. So <laughs> it's it, the green parrot. It is the green I parrot. I have no idea. Forget I just it. Made that jo- John Vagnoni, who who runs that, John, it's the it's the parrot cage now. Tommy John <laughs> said so. So that's what it is. And uh, now, Tommy, you're you're famous. I mean, and I know Infamous. you're 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 funny and you're humble, and you you people know you as the nice guy yeah. in baseball. You broadcasted. You coach. Everyone knows this, but. You know, it's 2022. When you're around Key West, do you still have somebody say, hey, Tommy John? Do you have people coming up to you or do they leave you alone down here? They don't know me. No? No. I find that hard to believe. No, they yeah. don't. Have, <laughs> everyone says you're lying. Everyone in the room says you're lying. <laughs> it's, uh, I, yeah, so it's got to be pretty fun. People still coming up to you. Your, your well, career. You know what that tells me? I've done something in my career that made them take notice. That's all. You know, that's like people want your your autograph, and a lot of players go, ah, get away from here. I don't want you. Get away. It means I've done something. Right, right. They want my autograph. I've done something. If I didn't do anything, I'd be home next to my mom and dad's grave. Well, you didn't just do something. Here's what's amazing. I, and I don't think that even the average fan, and, and David Tebow's here with me today, he could probably back up some stats. The average career of a, of a Major League Baseball player, I got to think, is what, two or three years? Something like that. I mean, uh, at best. for uh, You know, it used to be less than that. It was the, um, God, it, it was like days. So going from the minors and up and back, and here you are from 19, three different decades, almost four different decades to see the players that you saw come and go and to play that long. Here's my question. Phil Necro retired. I'm an Atlanta guy. Right. He threw a knuckleball. Yeah. So, and again, great, great pitcher and phenomenal at what he did, taking nothing away from Phil, but he's throwing a knuckleball. It's not as, and we'll talk about obviously Tommy John surgery named after you, but he was throwing a knuckleball. It's not as bad on his joints, not as bad on his arm. Other than Nolan Ryan and you, I don't know how many people really pitched that long. It can't be more than a handful if it's not just you and Nolan. And now the game's changed. you got pitchers taking four or five days off and this type of stuff. Why was it different back then? I have to ask you that. The people that ran the game, didn't know that much about the physicality of the game. Mm-hmm. Um, good word, physicality. I just made it up. I, I like know. it. Uh, <laughs> wasn't there a quarterback named Tebow? There was. He, I don't think there's any relation to, to my buddy David over here and Tim. So if you can hear the listeners can't hear in the microphone, David said he's a Florida State fan. He's not doing jumps over the offensive line. So you line. knew Danny Cannell. Actually, that's the question I was going to ask you. How was he as a uh, baseball player? So, so Tebow says, how was, how was Danny Canal as a baseball player? When I coached him in high school in Fort Lauderdale, I would say he was one of the two or three best pitchers in the state. He was certainly a great quarterback. He, he was, was a he very was... good quarterback. And I'll tell you this, his dad is a very good orthopedic surgeon. And Tommy, I didn't know you coached him. I didn't know you were coaching up there. I know you did a lot of coaching and broadcasting. I coached at uh, Westminster Academy. Mm -hmm. Um, We moved down here, and we wanted a good school, uh, not a public school, uh, because my kids would have fallen into the Fort Lauderdale trap. But, um, you know, and and I I forget who it was, said uh, they're looking for a baseball coach. And I said, oh. I'll coach if I can get free t- tuition for my kids. Well, how was your resume? Did they look at it and think it was okay? Or and uh, 
But, uh, I'm, sure, I'm sure it looked okay to them if they checked it out. Um, but but I, I tell you what I did see, though. We're playing a game on football. Uh, Danny played football, obviously. And we were playing, uh, what was the school out of um, West Palm? But I see this guy walking towards me. And I go, Jack Nicholas, Tommy John. <laughs> and he goes, Tommy, how are you? Ah, he said, those zebras are killing us. The referees were calling all the plays for Westminster Academy and not for his son's school. <laughs> oh, okay. <laughs> but, uh, you know. He was, a, you were pretty good at baseball and Jack was okay at golf. So that's probably an he interesting. Wasn't bad, was yeah. He? So, uh, um, yeah, sp- sp- oh, he got, we got Arnold Palmer and Jack Nicholas in the cage. So your two dogs are here and they, and there they are. Is that, is that their names? Really? They Arnold lo- Palmer, the white ones, Arnold Palmer. Uh-huh. He's the King and Jack Nicholas is the Prince. Now, Tommy, do you still play? Do you, do you get out and golf? I haven't, I haven't walked in a year. I had COVID last year, and okay. with that, I had um, blood clots in my lungs, uh, and I got a thing called Guillain-Barre syndrome. And if you look that up, I was in a wheelchair for what, sweetheart, six months? It's like temporary yeah. paralysis. Yes, yeah. yes, yeah. and it's still, I, it's still, I can't move my legs, but it's getting better. I'm, I'm getting better where I can walk. Well, uh, I saw you coming in here, and you look great. You look better than I do, so I, I don't. That doesn't. Well, it's not. It's not a good physical, bar to set. My but. physical therapists don't want me to use a walker. They want me to walk um, without any, and uh, it's tough. Well, I tell you, I tell you, someone else who's going to make you walk because you were coming in, and I said, "Oh man, I'm sorry, we're making Tommy walk around the side of the building." And Cheryl said, "No, no, no, he needs to be walking." So she, you, you, yeah, she's not. She's not messing around. I can tell who's in charge. Speaking <laughs> you of, got that right. <laughs> I, I have a wife too. I know who's in charge. Uh, speaking of names from the past, here's a fun Key West tie for you, Tommy. Before you came in, I got a text from our friend Jack Niles. You've been hanging out with his brother Randy. They're great people, big supporters of baseball here. Boog pal. Boog texted and said, uh, "Tell TJ he was one of the good guys." He said, "And make sure and ask him about his bunting bat." He said to ask you about your bunting bat. What's that all about? Well, I had. You know, back in the day, pitchers bunted more than you hit. Mm-hmm. And I had this big honking, the biggest barrel I could get. And I had a Frank Robinson barrel and a Jackie Robinson handle. Okay. <laughs> and it was the big, huge handle. And and bunting was so much easier with that bat. Was it and legal? Was it legal today if you had that bat? Sure it is. Okay. All right. Yeah. Um, now, American League at the time was the DH still in place, or did you have? You had a lot of American League time. You didn't have to do much there, did you? Uh, well, the first time through uh-huh. we hit. Okay. Second time through was DH. Okay. All right. I didn't realize that. That's getting yeah. me in back. That's interesting. Yeah. Now, another fun thing we talk about the game changing and how there's not really a there's not a Tommy John around anymore or Nolan Ryan. And I put you guys in there together um, because these wins we talk about 288. You could easily have 350. You could easily have four. You know, one run here, a drop right. ball here, right. an error there. So these Hall of Fame numbers sometimes we look at about a win or an ERA. A lot of times that comes down to defense, better teams, better pitching, better hitting. Really out of your control. You're a Hall of Famer, and I, you, we're going to talk about that. You you being on the ballot, maybe coming back here. Um, but one of the fun stories I was looking at was there was, you were early on in your career, you were having some good success and you'd come back and then you got in a fight 
and it ended your season. So who did you get in a fight with? And is he still around? Do you still talk to me? Who, what was that? He died about two years ago. Oh, man. I oh, finally no. got to him. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, Dick McAuliffe. Okay. With the, the Tigers. He thought I was throwing at him, and he yelled something out at me. And I yelled back into him, well, run up on that pitch. And the pitch that he was complaining about was 10 feet over his head. It hit the screen at Tiger Stadium. So he takes about four or five steps to first base, and then he turns and comes out to the mound. And I go, oh, no, because <laughs> I've never fought in my life. You're from Indiana. There's no way you haven't fought in your life. You're I've never fought. I'm a sissy. <laughs> People chiming in the back are calling you a sissy. I'm not saying that. I'm a mama's boy. Okay. Right, sweetie? I, I, I was a mama's boy. And, uh, in fact, my mom bailed me out. Uh, the kids were abusing me because I stuttered. I've heard that. And there you are in broadcasting. And, and broadcasting. And, and they asked me, well, how did you get over the stutter? The more I tried to be perfect the more I stuttered huh? when I said, screw it. I don't care. I didn't say screw it, but I, there was another word that we're not going to use there. Um, I quit stuttering. In fact, I did, I did a show and, and Ross Porter, Ross Porter said, um, Tommy, Oh, it was, uh, we were doing something for Dr. Job. He said, you gave the greatest speech. You never stuttered one time. I said, I know. I've licked it, baby. No, you say that, and I think for people, okay, here's a guy who's, you know, in my opinion, Hall of Fame career, um, motivational speaker, broadcaster, which is not mm -hmm. easy to do, especially in baseball, and keep an audience captivated for nine innings. And then, obviously, coach, to, to overcome a stutter, is that something you had up into your career when you are playing baseball? And Yeah. When I was with the Dodgers, I'd be doing interviews. I couldn't, uh, it, it was, I won't say it was terrible, but I'd get hung up and I, uh, 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 like that. And um, that's what Ross said. You didn't stutter one time. I said, I know. The minute I said, heck with it, I don't care. I quit stuttering. That's amazing. Uh, well, I was bullied in grade school and I said, I'm a mama's boy. The toughest kid in our school he ended up going to prison. Um, he um, broke a beer bottle and rammed the thing down a guy's throat. Oh, gosh. Yeah, he was – Jerry Norris was his name. And the Man, kids – Andy did that to me one time in here. And, uh, so, uh, uh, Jerry the, Norris, keep going. Sorry. So we're playing, we're playing touch football on the playground. And the kids are tripping me. I'm, I'm running for a pass, and they're tripping me, and I'm mm, – and Jerry said, those guys are messing with you, aren't they? And I said, yeah, that's okay. He says, no, I won't have a talk with them. That was the end of it. That was it, huh? Well, they quit tripping me. They they charged me money to drink out of the water fountain and okay. stuff like that. Yeah, yeah. They, they would do that. I felt you got the last laugh. But my, but my mom made Jerry cookies. And she'd uh, once a month, I'd bring in a big thing of cookies for him. 
He says, God, I love these. These are so good. Thanks, Tommy. There you go. <laughs> you just keep, you You got my backside, baby. <laughs> I love it. Now, when you got in that fight that ended that season for you, did you call Jerry up and say, hey, I got somebody for you? No, but a guy, I got a phone call the next day. I was in the hospital and I was in excruciating. What happened? Pain. How did, what did he do? What was the fight? Well, he came out to the mound and I wanted, I didn't want to fight. And I tried to do a rolling block, you know, <laughs> and just because if he goes down, that's the end of the fight. Mm-hmm. Guys will jump on him. They'll jump on me and that's it. And as I went down to tuck my shoulder to do the roll, he rammed his knee into my shoulder. Okay. And I separated my shoulder right here. You, you can still feel it. There's a huge bump right really? there. Yeah. So the next day, they have me. In fact, I told the uh, the orthopedic last night what they did to me, and he said that's how we treated it then. They shove it down, tape your arm to your side, and let it heal like that. So I'm in the um, I'm in the bed, and I get a phone call. Hello, Tommy. Worst effing tackle I've ever seen in my life. <laughs> you dropped your head. You keep your head up and drive through them. I go, who is this? He said, it's your number one fans fan from Dodiesburg, PA. Okay. As soon as he said that, I knew who it was. It was a guy named Bill George. Okay. Middle linebacker for the Bears. Hall of Fame. And he had a uh, driving range that I would go to all the time. After ball games, I'd drive home. I was single. Instead of going to bars and trying to pick up flight attendants. Right. Because that never works out. (laughs) I would go to his driving range and hit balls until we closed. And then he and I would go have a beer, and I'd go home. That's that's awesome. But uh, he said... What happened? I told him, and he said, that ball wasn't even close to him. It wasn't even, do you want me to get him? I said, what? He said, here's what we'll do. (laughs) Obradovich and I, they had a defensive end named Ed Obradovich. Google him. 6'7", 280, 290, defensive end, stronger than strong. We'll find out where the guys go to drink. Because all the teams had a bar that, that they would go to. And uh, he said, we'll find out. We'll go in. We'll pick a fight with him. And we'll kick his ass. I love it. <laughs> and I said, well, when you're in Chicago, mob rules. Yeah. Yeah. So, so do you know if it ever happened? It never happened. All right. I told yeah. him no. In fact, what I said, they said, are you going to get him? And I said, you damn right I am. I'm, I, there's going to be a ball that's going to be in his neck, his ear. It's going to hurt. Mm-hmm. I'm going to get him. Yeah. Never threw one close to him. And he never swung the bat the same. Because, you know, you're going, okay, is this the pitch? Yeah. And all you got to have is that little doubt. Mm-hmm. And you've got the batter. I think you're being modest on the mama's boy. You, you come from a different era. We watched. I remember watching <laughs> Nolan Ryan beat up Mike Musina. You guys were just different. You're tougher. The game has changed. Now, I know when people talk to you, Tommy, we have Tommy John here on the Florida Keys Weekly Show. He can't talk to you without bringing up Tommy John surgery. It was named after you. I guess at the time it wasn't called Tommy John surgery. 
It's well documented. Everything that went into, into that, what it means to date a player, it was a career ender until this. But Correct. for you, when it happened, did you, I guess just going back to that moment in time before it was deemed successful, I mean, here you were the first, did you think your career was over and how confident were you that that was going to work out? Well, fortunately for me, I was with the Dodgers. Mm-hmm. Fortunately, the Dodgers had as their orthopedic surgeon a gentleman by the name of Frank Job. He was an orthopedic surgeon, but he was a friend first, okay. orthopedic second. And he was concerned. My wife was pregnant with our first child. He was concerned that I wasn't going to be able to have a job because he said, don't count on pitching after this. So what's going through your mind when you're, you're a baseball And guy? I said, uh, well, it's never been done before. That, that's the thing. The surgery itself that he did had been done before on polio patients, okay. but not pitchers in the major leagues. And he said, this is what I'm going to do. I've done it on polio patients, but I don't know. We'll just, and I said, Dr. Job, if you do your job, I will more than do my job, which is rehab. Mm-hmm. I'll do whatever it takes, however long it takes to come back and pitch because I want to pitch again in the major leagues. And that was it. You didn't just pitch, you kept pitching more than, longer than anybody. I pitched longer after surgery than I did before surgery. That is incredible. Dude. Well, thank God it was orthopedic and not proctological. Uh, <laughs> I can attest to that. Yeah. Uh, so do you have any of the current, you know, over the years, I know there's been uh, over a dozen or more that's, that's had successful Tommy John surgery. Uh, What's it? Does it sound weird to you still to be named Tommy John surgery? I mean, and I think there's some big news if we can talk about it on the show about Tommy John surgery and where that cast you had on at the time I end up. But is it, if we can talk about that, maybe broadcast this after this happens. But first of all, does it, is it, what's it mean to you for this surgery to be named after you? Well, Dr. Job thought enough of me and Davey Lope said it. He said it should be the Frank Job surgery. I said, yeah, it is. But Job thought enough of me to call it the time. After he did the surgery, he would, you know, doctors go give talks about what they did. And he did the ulnar collateral ligament replacement surgery with the palmaris longus tendon. That's the name of the surgery. I'm glad you said that, and I didn't have to. I, I just say UCL, so, so uh, that's where I go. And he's, then after a while, he said, you know, the surgery I did on Tommy John. And all the doctors went, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. And then it got down, you know, Tommy John surgery. And boom, he said it just, it stuck. Okay. And he said, I hope you didn't mind. And I said, I thank God that you thought enough of me to name it after me. Well, it's kind of a segue because I think we, you're talking to Cheryl earlier that, and we'll, we won't spoil, spoil anything. In fact, we have to edit this out and add it later, but I, it sounds like you've got a huge honor coming up that the cast you wore yeah. maybe end up in the Smithsonian. Um, that's got to mean a lot to you. Well, the, um, the Hall of Fame, Baseball Hall of Fame, wanted me to give it to them. This is like four or five years ago. And I asked them, I said, am I in the Baseball Hall of Fame? <laughs> and they said, no. And I said, then you're not getting my cast. 
And why should they? Because let's talk about that. Beautiful segue. No one can talk to you without talking about the Hall of Fame. You are considered, if not the, one of the biggest snubs. You definitely should be in there. We all know this. It's, it's an interesting group of voters. Back when you were on the ballot from 1995 to 09, just for listeners to understand, Tommy John, you needed 70, 75% of the vote. Um, now you can still be eligible if you're chosen by the Modern Era Subcommittee. Um, Del Murphy, Dwight Evans, Lou Whitaker, Dick Allen, Kurt Flood, John Donaldson, and yourself all should be in the Hall of Fame. You might be the biggest on that list with all due respect to those guys. Dick Allen will get in. Yeah. Why is that? We're, we're, because of who he is. Do you think you'll get in? I think I have a good chance. And you know why I think I have a good chance? The pitcher's name is Jim Cott. Okay. He got in. And... All my numbers are better than his. Yeah. So if my numbers are better than his and he just got in, I think I should be following him. Oh, I had 188 no decisions, most in baseball history. That's amazing. Just yeah. You know, so if you get 20 of those, I'm over 300 wins and you're in the Hall of Fame. And, and that's why that benchmark is so arbitrary you know your career i think speaks for itself the span of it what you accomplished the surgery coming back there is i mean i feel like if there's not maybe we can talk about this should be a movie about you uh and there is it's a porn uh-huh yeah <laughs> no we saw that one it, it's uh i got that in me oh <laughs> you can't be tied up here um and that might go in the hall of fame but regardless um how much does it, I mean, it's easy to downplay it. I know some people do, but how much does it mean to you? you know, we'll, we'll all be gone in 100 years, but how important is it to you to have that happen in your lifetime? Well, it would mean a lot, but if I don't get in, my dad said, don't worry about things you have no control over. I have no control over this. Mm-hmm. Other people do. So I'm not going to worry about it. If, if they said getting in the Hall of Fame would make you a uh, low handicap in golf, <laughs> I would be out there working my butt off to get in. <laughs> you and I both. Uh, now, also hard to talk about the Hall of Fame without bringing up the, what's all over the news as we speak, and that's that's who's not getting in there because of the steroid and the P, uh, the, the performance-enhancing drugs, yeah. PEDs, performance-enhancing drugs. Uh, Barry Bonds and Roger Clemens' names are on the top of that list all over the news. Now, Clemens, um, especially important because here he is. Just you and Roger, I believe, are the two winningest pitchers not in the Hall of Fame. Right. However, he's not in there because of, of I guess, alleged cheating. As we know, you didn't cheat. You came through three decades of baseball. You did it the right way. What is your opinion, or do you even have one on the steroid era and all that stuff? And, and where does that come into you and your Hall of Fame Uh you know, frustrations, I guess. Um, well, it rules a rule. And it's like, I, I'm a golfer. I, I love golf. If you break a rule, you're disqualified from the tournament. Mm-hmm. And those guys broke a rule, a major league rule. Uh, would they have won? They may have been maybe 20, 30 wins short of what they did, but you know, I, I can't, I can't say they shouldn't be in. I can't say they should be in. It's just the people that vote on them have got to have a compassionate heart 
And I think somewhere down the line they'll vote him in. A lot of people say Barry Bonds greatest baseball player of all, greatest hitter of all. You time. ever see his head when he was at um, Pittsburgh? A day when he was a rookie. It was a pea head. Yeah. And then he takes the steroids, and his that's the one thing that they they can tell measure your head, and then after you take steroids, your head grows. Really? Yes. Did, so let me. So obviously. You're not a, with good reason, there's these guys who, who allegedly cheated, and we think we know some did. Mm-hmm. So get rid of that era. Who was the greatest hitter of all time? Hitter? Mm-hmm. Best hitter I saw was Wade Box. Okay. Also Red Sox. We got a Red Sox guy here. Uh, did you ever eat chicken with Wade Boggs before a game? No. <laughs> I think that was his superstition, right? Didn't Wade Boggs always eat chicken? Always or eat something? chicken or whatever, yeah. But yeah. he could have hit like that eating tacos. Right, right. Now, who's the greatest pitcher you, you either saw? Sandy or, Koufax. It was Koufax. Yeah. Okay. Now, as far as this Hall of Fame thing goes, um, what, what's the latest you've gotten? Because we mentioned that earlier that there's a subcommittee and so forth. And what's the next step in that? Just so listeners know real quick with Tommy John, we want you in the Hall of Fame. <laughs> what's the next step? Next step is next year they'll have a meeting and the 16 guys that are on that committee will meet. And you got to have somebody on there pushing for you. Okay. So I've got to have somebody on that of those 16 guys pushing for Tommy John to be elected into the Hall of Fame. Okay. Now, can we make a deal and try to leverage that cast that you're not going to give them and say, hey, you guys come around. We might uh, tell the Smithsonian, wait a minute, (laughs) we're going to give this one to you. Can you leverage that? Uh, They have no say in it. Okay. But uh, no, we'll go with the Smithsonian because you know why? I get to meet Joe Biden. Yeah. All right. Yeah. You know, Joe Biden. I've heard of him. <laughs> Anything you, uh, we'll get political. I was going to ask you what you might say to him, but for the show, uh, we got like, well, this is a big lib area down here. Isn't Key West it? is very blue. It's yeah, very, it's very blue. Yeah. yeah. Well, there's all mixes here in Key West. You, you name it, they're here um, from, from left to right and everything in between. That's okay. Now, we got about five minutes. I could talk baseball with you. I know there's thousands of stories I'd love to ask you about. Your dog, I heard your dog snoring, so I'm, <laughs> it means i got to wrap this up. Uh, there, there's two things I want to get in with you real quick before we wrap yeah. up here with Tommy John here on the Florida Keys Weekly Show. Uh, before I get into our speed round, ask you some fun questions just about baseball in your life. Uh, do tell us about the Let's Do It Foundation, uh, which which brings attention and support for suicide awareness. Um, I know it's important to you for some very heartfelt things and reasons, but tell us about that uh, foundation and, and how do people support that? Well, my son Taylor was in the Broadway play Les Miserables. At 8, 9, and 10 years of age, he played the role of Gavroche. Wow. How do you do my name's Gavroche? These are my people. Here's my patch. <laughs> Not much to look at. Nothing posh. Nothing that you cut up from scratch. And this is my song, my high society, here in the slums of San Michel. That's what he'd sing every show. <laughs> I wonder who he got it from. No, not for me. I could tell you that. <laughs> Cheryl's wife, listeners, just says a good thing Tommy played baseball. I don't know. That but, sounded pretty good. But he um, he killed himself, 
And uh, we started that, uh, oh, God, it's been a while ago. And the reason it was let's do it, that, that's what I told Dr. Job. When we got to the end of it, I said, let's do it. Okay. Let's do the surgery. Let's do this. And, um, you know, suicide is so touchy. Um, people have different outlooks and, uh, you know, you can go to all these classes and all this and that. And it's something that, um, that hopefully we can get rectified and, um, uh, it's just Taylor was absolutely one of the most beautiful young men you will ever see. Now, how be, how do you like this? His brother, Tommy, they were living, uh, Tommy was in Chicago. Taylor was living with his sister and her family. He tried to hang himself oh. and he jumped off and <laughs> I'm laughing. He had the noose around his neck and when they hit the tree, the tree limb broke. <laughs> And he falls on the ground, and he's laying out there. And Tommy comes out and sees him, and he goes, Oh, Taylor, you okay? He goes, Oh. So they call 911. Can't get anybody out there. So my son Tommy throws Taylor in his car and takes him to the hospital. And the last thing Taylor said Tommy, the doctors have me effed up. Meaning that the doctors were giving him pills and oh, pills wow. and pills and pills, oh. and he was just messed up. And and it's 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 sad when you think about it, but you know it, it's just suicidal tendencies are there, um, and. You have to be, I don't say you have to be weak. I think you have to be strong to kill yourself. But uh, Taylor, it, it just, he was a different kid. Mm -hmm. And I, I think I know what you mean by that. And, and a lot of people here in Key West, you know, your story, obviously, incredibly emotional and heartbreaking. But at the same time, you're doing the Let's Do It Foundation. And I brought that up, particularly because yeah. in Key West, we've all been touched by it. It is a, unfortunately a big deal here locally. So is that something people can still support and be a part of? And uh, You know, I want to say you'd probably have to go online to see uh, what we're still doing. Okay. But I haven't had a lot to do with it in the last few years. Okay. We'll check that out. That's yeah. the Let's Do It Foundation. Uh, we'll go to something a little more lighter to end this uh, yeah. with the speed round. But but that and I know that's uh, uh, a heart touching thing to talk about. But thank you for sharing that with You're us. You're welcome. Yep. And speed round here, a little yep. fun. We're going to end this with Tommy John on the Florida Keys Weekly Show. Speed round, kind of finish these sentences or tell us something real quick. Um, you're, you're looking at Mandy Miles. What was Mandy? Oh, she's vaping. Is that marijuana? No, it's not. We don't smoke marijuana here on the show. Yeah, right. That's like, that's who I buy it from. Um, so, uh, <laughs> speed, speed round here. Speed round. Uh, greatest hitter or toughest hitter you ever faced, Tommy John. Who was it? Well, the guy that hit me the best was a guy named Ned Yost. No, Ned Yost, another former Brave. He was 12 for 14 off of me. And I don't recall him ever getting a base hit. 
that's how, I mean, but obviously he did. The best I ever saw was Wade Boggs. Okay. And uh, so Wade Boggs, Ned Yost, best movie about baseball ever made is, what's your favorite baseball movie? Uh, what's the one, uh, Cheryl, with, um, yeah, Costner, where, huh? Field of Dreams. Field of Dreams. Okay. I love that. He's made, I a, love he's that. made quite a few. You think about Costner, Field of Dreams, Bull Durham, uh, for love of the game. He's made a few, but Field of Dreams, hard to beat. Well, all he wanted to do was have a catch with his dad. Yeah. And, you know, you start thinking about that, and I say, God, would I love to go back and just have a catch with my dad. You know, as, uh, now my dad's going to be listening. He's a huge fan of yours. So, Dad, you're listening. I got Tommy John. All right. <laughs> so I have to come home and play catch with you for sure. Um, you named, you already said this one, the best pitcher you ever saw pitch. Koufax. With Sandy. And your favorite. Outside of me. Right. <laughs> you know, outside, yeah. Of course. Uh, your favorite moment in time during your playing career. I mean, you played so many decades and years and seasons. What was, what was a moment that just sticks out in time? It doesn't have to be one single thing. But- 1981 playoffs. Yankees, uh, Brewers. Uh, I'm pitching starting game three at Yankee Stadium. And my son, Travis, fell out of a third-story window that summer. And he was in a coma for uh, 16 days, was in the hospital for 30. Steinbrenner called the house and wanted him to throw out the first pitch of the game. Now, I am starting pitcher. I come in, I'm sitting on the bench. He's walking out with his mother, who is like uh, six, seven months pregnant. And who's going to go out there? I can't go out there with him. Uh, so I got Reggie. He loved Reggie. Mr. Base, Mr. October. Mr. All right. October. And uh, ask him. He'll tell you. Well, he, get him on the show for us, Tommy. All right. Uh, I'll take Reggie Jackson. And um, so he, uh, he threw the ball, strike to Rick Cerrone, and uh, fans were cheering, and Reggie, being Reggie, picked him up and carried him like this around so all the people would oh, cheer for man. him. What a moment. Now, I'm sitting on the bench. I'm crying like a baby. <laughs> you just have to start a World Series game in a minute. That's uh, a-, a playoff game. Yeah, play- so okay. I go to the umpire, who was Ken Kaiser, and I said, Kenny, I need some help. Well, what do you need? I said, first inning, I need your help to get me through it. He said, why? And I said, I'm crying. I can't see home plate. He said, I'm crying too. I can't see. <laughs> Perfect. <laughs> That's a great story. I, now, how hard did you throw? Did you ever throw anything harder than you did that with that uh, adrenaline pumping through your veins? I mean, that first inning had to be wild. No, I don't know. I, th- I threw to get batters out. I didn't throw for speed right you were known for your curveball you got a, your you know greg maddox comes to mind a guy who got a lot of ground balls a lot of yep. outs yep. low era yep. another hall of famer you're there so we're going to get you in there tommy um favorite ballpark you pitched in what was what's the ballpark two dodger stadium yankee stadium of course okay and uh any any conversations with vin scully during those times and oh yeah i guess <laughs> vinny <laughs> I was a brewer guy but oh my uh, god he was he's outstanding yep um, if you could go back and face a batter, pitch against him before your time, who's that, who's that guy in history? Before my time? Mm-hmm. Babe Ruth. Babe Ruth. Yeah. Why is that? Because he had those candy bars. Guys, all right. <laughs> uh, two, two more here, two or three more. I think just two. Okay. True, true or false? True or false, Tommy John? 
Even though they probably owe you tons of money, you have indeed wore a pair of Tommy John underwear at some point in your life. Never. Never. Okay. I didn't think so. I just wanted to throw it in there real quick. Now, the guy's name is not even Tommy John. It's Thomas Jonathan Patterson. And he took advantage of Tommy John. I checked, uh, we checked with some attorneys and to get all that stuff was, would have been more money than what we would have made off of it. And, and go. if it was today, it'd be a no brainer, but, uh, no, if Cheryl worked at NBC and she worked with a lady named Maria Elena Gambino. Okay. I've, I know that last name uh, from somewhere. And if it was Carlos Gambino did, and did I would have gone to him and said, Get rid of it. <laughs> Cheryl, it sounds like the same guy you need to go beat up. What's his name from the fight back in the day? Oh, nah. the okay. Right. He's but dead. Yeah, okay, He's yeah. dead. So, I... so Cheryl's talking about the Mark McGuire story. Mark McGuire. Well, I had disciplined my daughter on a Saturday night, and um, she went to bed in a huff. And the next morning, Sunday, I'm pitching against Oakland in Yankee Stadium. And she goes, as I'm leaving, comes out of there, Daddy, I hope Mark McGuire hits home runs off you today. I said, oh, you little shit. So I go on to the ballpark, get dressed, ready. First time up, I throw McGuire a sinker. He goes right field. Home run. Uh, okay. Next time up, sinker away. Right field. Home run. I said, little shit's got me jinxed. Yeah. And those are the only two runs that Oakland got off of me that day. Oh, so no Conseco. He didn't get you. None of that. No. So, all right. And, but the third time up, McGuire, I threw him the same pitch that he hit out of the ballpark. He had a runner on first base, and instead of going to right field to hit a third home run, he tried to pull it. Okay. Six four three double play, and as he comes across the mound, I kind of walk with him a step or two, and I said, "I outdumbed you," and uh, <laughs> he didn't say anything. I I end up winning the ball game. I'm going to my car, and he gets off the team bus. He said, "What'd you say to me as I went across the mound?" I said, "I outdumbed you." You thought because you hit two home runs off of me, I was going to change. I'm not going to change. I'm going to throw you low and away, low and away. More time than you got cojones to hit the ball to right field. Mark McGuire doesn't want to hit the ball to right field. He want to hit it to left. You told Mark this. Yes. All right. He's not small. No, he's not. But his dad was my dentist, so I've known Mark. <laughs> I've known Mark for a long while. So if he knocks your teeth out, you just go see dad. I go see his dad. Yeah. So about 10 days later... 12 days later, I'm facing Oakland in Oakland. Okay. First time up, McGuire, I go, sinker off the plate, ball one. Sinker off the plate, ball two. Two and oh. Great hitting count. I throw a fastball inside, and it jams Mark. And he pops it up. And as he comes by across the mound, I walk with him, and I said, not every time am I going to throw the ball low and away. <laughs> we, we got Tommy John, uh, a legend, Hall of Famer in mind, and most 
fan's opinion, and we're going to get you. You, you are a Hall of Famer. Uh, last thing to wrap up with you, and sure. thank you for being here. A uh, hundred years from now, when people talk about the way you played, uh, the way you played the game, what what do you want them to say? Well, when I left Terre Haute, my dad said, Tom, no matter what you do in baseball, no matter what you do in life, you will only be Tommy John from Terre Haute, Indiana. That's who I am. Well, that's good advice. And yeah. and every from Boog Powell to everything we read, it always comes out of their mouth. You're one of the good guys. So you did something uh, right. And uh, sometimes. And you coming on a little show with somebody here in Key West just shows that. Thank you for doing it. Tommy John. You're quite welcome. Very, very honored. Thank you. Thanks for having me. Listeners, we'll catch you next week.